0: Thanks for joining us for today's message We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life Then let us know by sending us an email to timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at TimberlakeChurch.com give. Enjoy the message. Well, how are you doing this morning? Well, that doesn't sound too convincing. Uh, I'm Ben, I'm the lead pastor, and we are in uh, this series, uh, All You Need Is Love. Uh, Dave Nelson, who preaches here sometime uh. uh About five six times a year. Uh, He texted me something actually I probably should have shared it uh, earlier with you Here's what his text said. It says a friend of mine has two tickets for the Super Bowl He bought them they only cost uh, or they cost him 1500 each. He bought them in advance He didn't realize when he bought them It's the same day as his wedding, so he can't go (laughs) So if a guy's interested and wants to go instead of him, it's at St. Peter's Church at 5 p.m. Her name is Donna, and she'll be wearing a white dress. <laughs> uh, maybe you saw that going around on the Internet. Uh, well, we're going to have a little bit of fun today, and we're looking at uh, love. And you say, well, love, that, just, that can seem so nebulous or uh, maybe uh, hard to grasp on for you. And so what we're trying to do is to bring uh, some definition to it and also that we could uh, raise the level of, of enjoyment in our relationships. And then we honor God in the process. See, when we talk about love, we can feel, you know, uh, should I even need someone to teach me Uh, about this. We feel like we should be further along maybe uh, than we are. It reminds me, this last week was, uh, had a plumbing problem at my house. I have a sink that's really never worked right in the master bathroom. Uh, The stop doesn't work and uh, the, one of the handles comes off and it leaks and so I thought, hey, I'll replace the sink. Couldn't find just one, so I thought we'll replace both sinks in the master bathroom. And so I bought them and was going to do it. Was going to think about a plumber, but plumbers are way too expensive. And I thought, I'm a man, so of course I can do this. And so I work on it for several hours. And then let me fast forward three days. Uh, the plumber comes over to the house. <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, and here's a here's problem, though, is that plumber uh, comes over, he gives me an estimate, a free estimate. And he says, hey, it'll only cost you $450 and a kidney. And you can have uh, these. And he can tell by the look on my face that I'm not happy. And this is just either no way I'm spending this much money. And then he said, what you really should do, he says, you don't need me. He says, just try it yourself. He goes, dude, any idiot can put in some things. <laughs> except for me. And, and, and when he said that, I'm like, oh, I should have been able to do this. Well, one, I didn't know what I was doing. And two, I didn't have the right tools. And when it comes to the love that we want, the love that God wants to give us and we express to others, oftentimes uh, we, we don't know how to do it. And maybe we don't have the right tools to apply it to our relationships. And so uh, as we look at this, I think it's important to understand that uh, there's so many definitions of love, but there's only one that works. There's only one that is uh, going to make our lives better, going to honor God, and energize our relationships. And I believe that that's God's definition. Uh, It says this in 1 John 4, 7, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. If love comes from God, if He's a designer of this, then He knows how it should work. Well, we've been looking at a passage of Scripture, 1 Corinthians, uh, in the Bible, and it's known as a love chapter because it contains this passage. And I'm sure many of you, I, I, almost all of us, are familiar with, if you've never if this is your first time to church in your life, I'm sure you've heard this before. You've heard it at a wedding, you've heard it somewhere else. And notice the parts that are underlined, because that's what I'm going to focus on today. It says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. And all those sort of, the negative part, we're gonna look at that, that next week. In fact, we're gonna look at a biblical example of, and I've heard this from people, hey, we're just not good for each other. What do we do when we're not good for each other? And you know that God has an answer for that, for your life and your relationships. But then it goes on again to the part we are looking at. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Now, no one did, would deny this is a great passage of Scripture, but this is not just meant to be a sentiment of our heart, it's meant to be a goal for our lives. In fact, 1 Corinthians 14 1, it says, make love your aim now that's great but how do i apply that to everyday life today as i promised last week i'm going to focus in primarily on marriage relationship i think dating is well and really there'll be application all over but i want to say hey what would it mean for us to apply this to a dating or a marriage relationship in particular because i believe these principles are uh, effective because they're God's principles. It's His design for our life. Well, what's the first principle we learn in this passage? Is, uh, the first one is to be patient with each other's progress. Uh, if you're married, and, and I don't know at this service, uh, there's probably, pro- probably more people at this service than some of our others even. Uh, how many of you are married? Go ahead and raise your hand. Okay, a lot of you. Now, uh, I won't have you raise your hand for this because I don't want you to sleep on the couch. But when you uh, got married, did you realize your spouse wasn't 100% perfect? You know, in fact, I asked people in the earlier services to raise your hand. And it's funny, uh, when I asked that question, all the women raised their hand, and all the guys were afraid to. So, uh, and so, uh, the fact is, we know we married someone, Uh, who is not perfect, and in many ways, is just a work in progress. My wife, uh, when we got married, she looked at me and she said, okay, you know, sort of a lump of clay, but I can turn him into something. (laughs) And uh, we think that, and we expect things to happen real quickly. But transformation is a lifelong process. And if you don't have patience, you're not going to have a love that works out for both of you. We get impatient, we get frustrated, we get angry, sort of like the old thing, I think it was uh, Thomas Jefferson who said, when you're angry, count to 10. If you're really angry, count to 100. Good principle. And then 100 years later, Mark Twain said, when you're angry, count to four, shortened it a little bit. When you're really angry, swear. I don't suggest that, but uh, that's what he said. We we have this uh, sense of we want things to work out now. But it says, 1 Corinthians thirteen four. love is patient. If I'm gonna be loving, then patience has to be part of the process. Now, I, I know it's hard when you feel like, you know, you're sort of, your family's like a circus and you're the person behind the elephant with the shovel cleaning up the mess the whole time. And uh, by the way, sorry, this is like, you're gonna have lunch afterwards. I should've used a different <laughs> image for this crowd. But, but when you're the one who's the mess cleaner upper you say, it's hard to be patient. How can I have that kind of patience? Well, what we find is not only the power of God, but the example God gives us. It says in Romans 5 8, but God demonstrated his own love for his, us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That God took the initiative. You know, uh, you say, well, hey, I, uh, you know, I just want to really... Get deep. There's some people. I really want to get deep in what God has to say. You know what God has to say? Make the first move. You, you, when you make the first move, you honor God. And see, people will, every once in a while, they'll talk about all the problems. Have you noticed that there's a couple problems in our world? No? <laughs> in our country? Yeah. You know, there. Uh, and uh, every once in a while, I'll get the question well, when is God going to. Uh, do do something about it. Remember what we talked about last week. Love is a choice. And in fact, without choice, there is no love, is there? So that choice is for me to step into love, but there's also a, for me a choice to do things that are not loving whatsoever. Well, why doesn't God just just you know come back and make everything right? The Bible does say he will come again someday. But here's what it says. There's actually an answer to why why God does not intervene right now. He's saying he is being patient with us he doesn't want anyone to perish but everyone to come to eternal life and so what God is doing is God is waiting and he is patient and he's not happy with the mess in the world but he's saying I'm holding out hope for you and maybe maybe the whole reason you came today was to hear that that God is not he's not adding up the score of all your failures he is patient and he's saying Are you ready for a change in your life? And maybe for you, it's you're walking through that in a marriage relationship, and you're saying, hey, I'm going to be patient with you through the process. Now, if you're dating, that's a different, you know, sometimes you're patient. Sometimes things haven't been working out. They haven't been working out since week one, week two. You've been dating that guy for three years. It's still not working out. And what do you do then? You just love him and dump him in Jesus' name. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't, that's not in the Bible, but it is true. Pastor Ben said so. Uh, So, really, that's uh, one of those things that in a dating relationship, it is, it is more conditional. But in a marriage relationship, you made a vow. And our choice to love is being patient. Also, and I want to camp here. This is uh, the second point, and it's based on the Scripture, is to make warmth and affection your personal goal. Now, if you don't, please listen up for this one. Make warmth. Notice those words. Those words are very exact. Make warmth and affection. And you might say, oh, uh, yeah, I serve them. I don't don't care about serving. I'm not talking about serving. I'm talking about warmth and affection. The only things I'm talking about. I'm not talking about uh, being trustworthy. Is it good to be trustworthy? I hope so. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about... uh, Anything but creating an atmosphere of warmth in your home. See, I know people who serve. I know people who will do all sorts of loving things, but they they're don't do it in a warm way. And if you commit to warmth and affection, I, I assure you, money back guarantee. <laughs> didn't cost you anything to come here today, but uh, money back guarantee that your marriage will will really it'll be a sea change in your relationship is if you say I want our home to be warm I'm gonna do what everything I can for it to be warm and I want there to be affection in our home and guys and well women too but primarily guys affection and sexual intimacy are not the same thing took me about 19 years of marriage to figure this one out but uh, the uh, affection can uh, help in the area of sexual intimacy But it's it's not the same thing, and really, it should be a precursor. Because honestly, I mean, and I know this. Some of you, uh, you know, you've had sexual intimacy without affection, and and you know how that makes you feel on the other side of that. That makes you feel sort of used, like wrong. But there's. But God has a plan even for that, God, sexual intimacy. You know that God, God He's not embarrassed about it at all. Totally His idea. Yay, God. So <laughs> that, that was one of His best ideas ever. But, uh, <laughs> so, but there's a context for it. The context God designed it for is a marriage relationship. And uh, within that, it's affection that comes first. In fact, there, there's a, a book. Uh, not a Christian book by any means. In fact, uh, you're here not a Christian. This, this just this is like pure science here. It's called the Normal Bar. It was written by uh, Pepper Schwartz. You may have heard of her before, as well as uh, James Whitty and Christina Northrup. It is a study of 70,000 people in 24 countries, and, and in it, what they were trying to do was uh, try to figure out what made people have a satisfying sexual relationship in marriage. Uh, And they found out that couples who have a great sex life everywhere on the planet are doing the same set of things. And additionally, couples who do not have a great sex life everywhere on the planet are not doing these things. So now you're wondering, What are those things? And uh, we're gonna gonna look at that. In fact, John Gottman, many of you have heard him. He's, uh, again, not a a Christian believer. He's an Orthodox Jewish believer. uh, And his research is really cornerstone for almost every marriage book you've ever read. Uh, And he uh, takes this book and uh, another book called Mating in Captivity, one I have not read because I don't want to be in Starbucks reading Mating in Captivity (laughs) and end up on someone's Instagram feed or something like that. But he takes these books and he's talking about uh, intimacy in a, in a physical, sexual sense. And he said, I've been able to discern 12 things that are common. Uh, for, in, in one study, it's 13, but I'll use one with 12. In that, uh, that are common. Here, here's what the study says. They say, I love you every day in meaning. That doesn't seem, that your mind's not blown, is it? They kiss one another passionately, passionately for no reason. And in fact, I think he calls it the six-second kiss. And so they, for six seconds, they kiss. My wife and I have been doing it. She, she's weirded out by a time it, but, you know. <laughs> okay, we're done now, hon. Uh, the, uh, uh, but, it's, uh, but literally, I mean, he's, I mean incredible research. Uh, you probably heard that uh, with uh, 95% accuracy, he can tell in under 15 minutes whether people will stay married. Pretty interesting. Uh, they surprise, they give surprise romantic gifts. They're physically affectionate even in public. They keep playing and having fun together. They cuddle. They make sex a priority, not the last item on a long to do list. They stay good friends. They talk comfortably about their intimacy. They have weekly dates. They take vacations. They're mindful about turning towards one another. In short, they turn towards each other to connect emotionally and relationally, and then that affects how they interact physically. Did you notice anything about that list? That 10 of the 12 had zero really to do, maybe a little bit, but not much at all to do with any physical intimacy. That it's creating the environment for that to happen. So it starts with affection. By the way, both are important. I don't want it. this is, you know, I, I want, the Bible's clear on this. I know sometimes we're a little, you know, weirded out to talk about it in church. In fact, you guys are being amazingly quiet right now. Uh, <laughs> and no one's talking or anything like that. I'm like, oh, did you raise your hand, sir? No, just kidding. <laughs> the, uh, but, but we're uncomfortable. But it's important. Uh, by the way, God cares, cares about that part. If your sexual intimacy is not part of your marriage, uh, that's not God's plan. God's plan is that would be an enjoyable part of your marriage relationship. But the problem may not start there. The problem may be that warmth and affection. And in fact, that's what secular science would say the primary issue is. If you do those things, then you're going to have a satisfying relationship. Here's what happens, though, is sometimes uh, we hurt each other. I know that's never happened in a relationship you've ever had. By the way, if you're new here, that's called sarcasm. And so we, uh, we... no, we, we hurt each other. And what do we do? We withhold affection. Sometimes withhold physical intimacy as part of that. But withholding affection, God, see God's called us to be affectionate. And I, I, I know the complexities. I don't try to minimize this or make this simplistic. But I, knew what, I know what the Bible says. And it says in James 4, 17, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it's sin for them. So if we don't do the thing God called us to do, it's not just sins of commission. When we withhold love and affection, we're actually sinning. And in a marriage context, it's very, very clear that that should never be present. And if it is, and and if you are not getting help right away, you're just doing the wrong thing, according to every scripture I've ever read. No gray area. Well, part of this is to become a safe person for your spouse. See, a safe person is someone who sees me on my worst day, is someone who sees me as I'm struggling through doubts and fears and as I'm processing life. And a safe person would say, it doesn't mean they they affirm everything as being good. Sometimes safe people will say hard things to you. In fact, this is where I get this every once in a while. Oh, that person said something that was hard to me. That may be loving you. In fact, some people, you're making the same mistakes in your life over and over again because no one's ever said anything hard to you. And that hard thing that God would say to you, maybe through another person, would be the most redemptive thing. But it's saying, hey, I can say this is wrong, but I'm not saying you're wrong. And that's what a safe person is. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, 7, it always protects. Love always protects one another. When we're a safe person emotionally, we ask questions and we listen for the answers. Questions like, how does that make you feel? What's your greatest need right now? How can, after maybe a, an argument, how can I do better next time? Now, some of us desire people to ask us those questions but again first Corinthians 13 it's it's not about what we need from everyone we want that but it's really about our assignment what we're to do and a part of that assignment number four is decide each day to believe the best this is where we say hey I'm going to uh, believe the best about you and about our relationship See, oftentimes, here's what happens is I think, honestly, as I talk especially to married couples, you've set the bar too low and you expect too little. You said, OK, you know, we'll try not to fight too much, try not to have an affair, try to, you know, have some intimacy every once in a while. And it's like, is that it? But, but what God wants is, is the best, that it would be a life-giving relationship. In fact, in many ways, uh, the scripture uses marriage as a representation of what it's like to be united with God. Sort of that, that caring and that concern and that safety and that intimacy. And see, oftentimes what happens is life gets in the way. We make mistakes, we sin, and we struggle. And so we settle for something less. The Scripture says this. It says, uh, 1 Corinthians thirteen seven. 7, is that love always trusts. And now, see, here, here's the part that's important about that. When it talks about trust in the Bible, you can say, well, how can I trust someone who's hurt me over and over again? Trust in the Bible is pretty much exclusively uh, reserved for God. And my old pastor from many years ago, he said, this is a mistake we often make, is that we, we love God and we trust people. But the Bible doesn't tell you to trust people. By the way, if you're paranoid, this is a justification for everything you've ever believed in, in life. No, it really doesn't. And the oh, no, no, I'm telling you. No, it doesn't. The Bible tells you to love people and trust God. And the reason why some of you, your relationships haven't worked out is because this is one principle you've gotten wrong. And it, See, when I, when I trust God and I know he's going to make all things right and I trust him, then I can love you even if you fail me. Because if God will still be working in my life, he'll be working through Uh, me, even when I'm disappointed, even when you're disappointed. Well, what does that mean for us? It means that God will sometimes call us to do things that are difficult, kind of hard, but kind of good. It's maybe saying, I love you first, when it's not uh, reciprocated equally. It's bringing God to the forefront of your home. When others are resistance, It's giving up bitterness. I'm going to talk about that a little bit next week. How do you really get past that? We all know we should do it, but really, is that even possible? Part of this is looking for the God solution to any human problem. That there is a God solution. So so this is where it gets really interesting. That people who haven't read the Bible uh, sort of... You're missing out on a lot. Because in many ways it's it's a wild book. Because if you were writing a religious book, if if this was a made up book. Now I've read books of others' religion. It's like, oh, you know, everyone's perfect, and we just, you know, uh, just these nice little pithy sayings that you know no one could ever pull off, and, and they're they're they seem these little truisms, but there's no real life in it. First Corinthians, you have this early church, and you know what? They were messed up. They were uh, I mean, they were fighting. There was dissension. Uh, people were getting drunk at church. Literally, they had real wine for communion. And with people were saying, hey, one more time over here, <laughs> you know, and they were getting drunk in church. They were having all sorts of sexual immorality. I mean, stuff that would shock Jerry Springer. I mean, this, uh, it was crazy. And they were even, even misusing their faith, manipulating people. And so, the Apostle Paul, he addresses all those problems. And as I mentioned last week, at the end of Romans chapter 12, he says, but now let me show you the most excellent way. He's saying, yeah, yeah, you got to deal with the problems, but if you live your life in problem management, that's not going to bring happiness or joy or love. And he says he paints a picture of what God wants us to step into. And he says, love always hopes, always perseveres, Love never fails. And maybe for you you're like okay that is just that's that's nice. I want that to be true. But I've loved people and they failed me. And I've read the books and I've been to the seminars and I went to the counselor But see, this is ultimately talking about God's love for us, that we respond and we can respond to other people. Maybe right now that your assignment is that you're married and you need to go home. And and as you go home, you need to say, hey, as you look at the problem, maybe a big problem you're facing, and say, what is the God solution? And you'd start praying with each other. And I know that's weird if you haven't prayed with each other, but just take that problem and say, hey, God, will, will you show up? We don't know what to do but we believe ultimately that you know what to do and when we apply these love principles like this there there literally will be a sea change in the relationship that we have now now sometimes for us it's like okay I know this and maybe your marriage is going really actually pretty well right now or your dating relationship or whatever it is but when it comes to that that God love that's a missing piece Now, today at the Super Bowl, you're likely to see uh, someone holding up a sign with the scripture, (laughs) and it's going to be John 3.16. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. See, the idea is that that God loved. He took the initiative. He did everything. When Jesus... You know, you ever wonder, why did Jesus go to the cross? That's See, because see, God is just and he's holy. And there needs to be, don't we have that in our heart that there needs to be justice? But there's a sense that we can never make it right. And so God says, I will make it right. I will pay the price for you. For whoever says, yeah, I'm in. Will you count me in, God? Will you count me in? And maybe today, uh, there's some work that God wants to do in your marriage and your relationships. But maybe, if you were honest, you'd say, I haven't experienced that kind of love from God. And before I can love anyone else, before I need that, I I need to settle that in my life. And so what I want to do is I want to give you an opportunity, even right now, to make that decision, to take that step. Would you pray with me? God, I... Thank you for uh, my friends who are here today. And God, I, I, first of all, God, I just pray for every married couple who's here. And God, I, I pray for those who are maybe going through, maybe it's just a season of transition. God, maybe it's even a season of struggle. And God, that you would show up in a way as they trust you and that you would bind hearts together again. God, that there would be warmth and affection. God, that there would be uh, miracles that would happen of biblical proportions. And God, I pray that maybe because of this moment, because of this day, that that we'd look back a a week, a month, a year from now and say that our lives are different, our marriage is different, our relationship is different. Because we said, God, I'm not going to live in excuses. I'm going to love like you love me. Maybe in your own heart, you would make that commitment. Maybe if you're with your spouse, that you just sort of put your hand on their arm or something like that, just as a sign of, I don't know what it's gonna take, but I know God, God has a solution to what we're working through. Or maybe for you, it's, I, I want to go to the next level, and, and God, we, we're just praying that this next season would be a season of life and joy because you're at the center of it, and we're living according to your playbook. But again, you might be here and say, hey, you know, it's the whole God piece of, of this that's not present. And you, if you were going to be honest, you'd say, Ben, I, I don't have a relationship with God like you talk about, but I'd like to. I want to know that kind of love, and maybe you've experienced people who've said the word love, but that kind of real love is something that you've never felt, that's never been present in a, in a way that's defined your life. And that happens when we receive God's love for us. And you would say something like this today, and you, you pray silently, uh, I'll pray out loud, I'm not going to call you out or embarrass you, but you would say something like this, God, I'm saying yes to your love. I'm saying yes to your forgiveness. God, I'm saying yes to your leadership in my life. And God, from this day forward, I I, want to follow you as best as I know how. And God, I pray that you'll give me strength where my strength runs out. God, where I come with my guilt, that I'll experience your grace. And, And I just make this decision to say yes to you, Jesus. And, and the scripture says when we make that decision that we can know that God is, is not only with us, but He's for us. And He'll be with us in, in this life and in the next. And, and heaven is a real place. Because God has created you. You know that sense of, of, of there must be more than this life. That's because God has created you for eternity. And He wants you to be with Him. God, I thank you for our time together. I thank you for my friends who've even made that decision to say yes to you today. Lord, we we ask that, that we would not only know your love, but God, that we would live in that, starting today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church Podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.